0: Good morning and welcome uh, to Professor Laszlo Vujkic, who is head of paediatric anesthesia in the University of Geneva. My name's Sumit, I'm a paediatric kinesist in Oxford. Thank you for your time um, and we're, we're going to discuss basic science and the neonatal brain, which is your area of research. Um, can you give us start with a, just a short synopsis of the, the current biological rationale? for even considering anesthetic neurotoxicity
1: yes of course so th- that's a very important uh, issue to to address because when we are asking really the, the clinical relevance and whether neurotoxicity can be an issue in humans then you should ask if there is a rationale for that and and the biological rationale are are here i think because uh, so if you consider general anesthetics they act on on lots of different uh, ionotropic receptors, amongst them the potential GABA-A receptors, and uh, most, of, most of them inhibit some uh, glutamate receptors as well. And if you consider these receptors during development, they are there from very early stages of pregnancy or, or in the embryo, and the, the functional uh, receptors are there as well. And now we know that neurotransmission via these receptors have a major role during cell proliferation, migration, differentiation, integration of neurons into circuitry, synaptogenesis. So in this context, if you will... And we also know that perturbation with the physiological activity patterns can impair these uh, developmental events. So in this context, if you consider general anesthetics, because they, uh, if we, we administer them to, to de- the developing foetuses or, or even newborns, they can act on these receptors, they can perturb the balance, excitation inhibition balance by uh, interfering with these receptor pathways, and then it can lead to even long-term alterations of, um, of neuronal networks.
0: OK. Um, and should, should we exhibit a slight amount of caution in in interpreting data that's extracted from animal models?
1: Yeah, definitely. So animal models are here to show that the biological potential is real. Mm -hmm. Of course, animal models... uh, I mean, if you consider animals have a very similar genetic background to humans, most of the... uh, human behaviour traits can be in one way or another reproduced in animals. So there is no reason to think that if something happens in animals, it wouldn't happen in, uh, in humans. But there are important cautions because pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics are different. We don't know how exactly to extrapolate the, the duration, the length of exposure. We don't know how to, to compare the developmental ages between these species exactly. So all these uh, elements uh, make the extrapolation quite difficult. We don't know what kind of specific domains we should look for in humans based on animal data. We don't know if the apoptotic or the synaptogenic response to anesthetics in animals, uh, at what extent could we find it. Obviously, we can't look for it in humans, but it it might occur in humans. We don't know to what extent. So there are a couple of couple of important issues uh, which make extrapolation uh, very difficult. But mm-hmm. It's the very same if you consider uh, there was a huge amount of research decades ago on ischemia, neuroprotection and anesthesia and, and lots of animal data were there, they were true and they couldn't be extrapolated to, to human practice as well.
0: Um, have there been any sort of clinical studies in humans, I mean you've sort of mentioned it's difficult but um, have we looked at Anything in, in
1: human studies? Well, the the thing is that in animal studies, most of the animal studies were focusing on the question whether the drug itself can have an effect. This obviously you can't specifically look for in in, in, in humans. So in humans, of course, there are studies. I, I get up to that issue, mm-hmm. but. Um, The thing is that we are looking for the whole perioperative period. We are not just looking for the drug, we are looking for the maternal or the parental separation, the surgery-related stress, the uh, perioperative period-related stress, potentially um, inadequate anesthesia management on top of the drug. So it will be very difficult just to tell whether it is the drug or not. And the trials dates back as early as 1953 when in a Read, uh, in a prospective questionnaire study, um, people were asking parents how they rate the children's behavior after anesthesia and surgery, and uh, it was quite interesting that up to eighteen percent of, of children, the younger the child was, the more frequent the the, the perturbation were. Young, um, there were some relatively lasting behavioral deficits, and then in the past. Uh, Six to ten years now, there is a huge number of retrospective cohort data, now even big data also um, uh, from retrospective um, human cohorts with mixed evidence. Some of them are suggesting a weak, uh, although statistically significant, but clinically weak association between uh, Uh, anesthesia surgery, and altered neurocognitive function or neurobehavioral outcome. Some of them suggest the contrast. And now we have only one prospective randomized control study, the GAS trial. And in this trial they compared general anesthesia versus regional anesthesia in children less than 60 weeks of age for hernia repair. And it's a short anesthesia exposure. The primary outcome will be the neurocognitive, quite detailed neurocognitive uh, outcome at the age of five. Now we have the two year data, and we do not see any difference between the regional and the general anesthesia group. And we also have an ambidirectional study, the PANDA study from the United States, where also um, uh, anesthesia and surgery for hernia repair before the age of three, again, very short anesthesia exposure and we don't see any difference in uh, IQ or related cognitive tests between children who have received uh, anaesthesia and surgery compared to their siblings.
0: Okay, so just finally to finish on a more practical point, uh, what would you advise that we as paediatric anesthesists tell the parents of a neonate who's about to undergo an anaesthetic? Well, this
1: is a very difficult issue. You may know that the FDA last December uh, issued a, a, a warning that they want or they recommend or they suggest that anesthesia longer than three uh, hours of exposure each under three years of age should be considered, if possible, to, to, should be postponed. Now we have just written a European statement because this FDA statement is not really substantiated by any any biological or any specific biological or clinical facts. So the European statement from ESPA and ESA thinks that we, or states that we, do, we should not withhold anesthesia, we shouldn't postpone surgery if necessary, and there is no reason to think that there is a three-year cut of, of this, so... Clearly further research is needed. But what I say to parents, usually when parents don't ask me, I personally don't tell about this. Mm-hmm. And when they ask me, I ask them why they ask me about this. Mm-hmm. And I try to tailor my answer in the function of the need for the surgery, the length of the surgery, the pathologies, associated pathologies with the, with the, with the kids.
0: Professor Vucicic, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Okay.